Have you ever expected more and gotten less? Have you ever gone to a restaurant and ordered a steak, medium rare, only to find out that it came out burnt? Have you ever tried to go on a road trip and you think you know better than Google Maps only to find out you're mistaken? Have you ever assigned to your child the duty of washing dishes and when you come back home, you find out that it didn't happen at all? Have you ever worked out for two weeks straight and when you step on the scale, you realize that your scale is broken because what other explanation is there for the numbers to be the same? Often what happens in life when we expect more and get less, we get frustrated because we live in the gap called disappointment. Often what happens in our life when we experience disappointment is we do one of two things. Either we set lower expectations or we have no expectations at all. I want to share with you three benefits, benefits of having no expectations. Number one, when you expect nothing, you find out that you'll never be disappointed because no expectations, no disappointment. When you expect nothing, what you discover is that you are prepared for making decisions in life, decisions about nothing at all. When you expect nothing, then you realize that it's okay to stop trying to give up and to embrace losing as a lifestyle. You see, what I've seen over time is that a no expectation life is no life at all. Because when you expect less, you get less. And as we're thinking about this topic of believing for more, I believe that God's inviting us when we find ourselves in the gap of disappointment to go to him and say, God, the world may fail me, but you will never fail me. So today, instead of expecting less, I'm going to expect more. Today, as we step into this conversation to believe for more, I want to encourage you to expect more. Expect more from God. Expect him to do everything that he says he will do in his word. So I want to invite you today. I know it's cold outside, but I'm believing that the spiritual temperature is hot in this room. We need to declare this with expectation and say this with me. Expect more. Expect. We need to expect more from God. Because when we expect more from God, we get more from God. You see, expectation, a good way to think about it is a man who stands on top of a watchtower and looks out to look into the future. Expectation is getting rid of distractions to ensure that you can focus on the most important thing. Expectation is believing that the best is yet to come, even though you haven't seen it yet. One afternoon, a man went to a little league baseball game and he walked right up to the dugout and he saw a little boy and he asked the boy, he said, what's the score? And the little boy looked up and said, 18 to zero, and we're behind. And so the man said to the boy, wow, that must be disappointing. And the young boy said, why should I be disappointed? We haven't gone up to bat yet. <laughs> that, that is expectation. Too many of us in life 
we're playing it safe. We're holding back. We're pulling back instead of leaning forward and reaching for the more that God has for us. Many of us, it's because of fear, disappointment, because of our past experience. But I think all of us can agree, we know it in our heart, that when we play it safe, it's a great way to guarantee losing the game. Today, I believe that God is inviting us to expect more of him so that we can receive more from him. I'm gonna give you another example about what expectation's all about. When a woman is pregnant, we say that she is expecting. And she's expecting the moment when she can meet her child for the very first time. She's anticipating what that future moment is gonna be like. When all the pain and all the difficulty finally becomes worth it. Spiritually in the same way, Every child of God is expectant. We're all pregnant with possibility of what God can do. Today, can I encourage you to allow God to birth new life, new future, new hope. Begin to expect that God will do what he says he will do in his word. We need to align our expectation with his will. Because expectation is spiritual anticipation. With that in mind, I want to invite you to join me in Isaiah chapter 54, verse 2. Open up your Bible, open up your Westover app, and as a reminder, in our Westover app, we have notes that you can take notes along with this message, and also you can share these notes and do a group study with people that you love, whether it's your life group, because life groups are important, or with your family and friends. Isaiah 54, verse 2, we're going to look at the first two statements here. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. What God is saying, in order to expect more, we have to take steps of faith. We have to enlarge the place of our tent. We have to stretch the tent curtains wide. In these moments, we don't need to pull away. We don't need to close up shop. We need to say, God, I'm gonna reach for your more. I'm gonna expect you to do what you say you'll do. Today, God is saying to each one of us, expect more. Expect more to receive my more. Because spiritually, expectation is essential. Did you know that our expectations determine whether we receive miracles? In Mark chapter 6, we see Jesus. He travels to his hometown, his childhood hometown called Nazareth. And the Bible tells us that he couldn't perform miracles in his hometown because of their unbelief. Now, was Jesus any less powerful in Nazareth? No. No. It's because their unbelief blocked their blessing. What if God isn't blocking our blessings? What if our capacity to receive is directly dependent on our willingness to believe? I want to share with you, here's what I believe. I believe that expectation is the catalyst for every miracle. I'm going to say it again. Expectation is the catalyst to every miracle. And today I want to share with you two ways that we can leverage expectation to activate miracles in our life. Number one, expand your expectation. Don't shrink back. 
expand your spiritual expectation. Because low expectation leads to low results. But high expectation leads to higher results. God is asking us, expand your expectation. Because what you expect is what you'll get. In the field of educational psychology, there's an effect called the Pygmalion effect. And what it means is that people rise or they fall to the level of expectation. Now, I don't expect you to remember the name Pygmalion, but I want you to remember the effect that people rise or fall to the level of expectation. Also, just want to share with you, don't nickname your spouse or name your kid Pygmalion because that's going to cause them problems in life. But with the Pygmalion, the way they discovered the Pygmalion effect is they went into an elementary school and they decided to give every student in that school an IQ test. And after they gave them the test, they split the school into two groups. One group was the regular students. And then there was another group that they labeled as intellectual bloomers. But here's where it gets interesting. They picked every student at random. The kids that were labeled intellectual bloomers, they didn't even look at the IQ score at all because they wanted to know, does expectation change reality? Does perception change reality? And so what they did is they took both lists, they handed them to the teachers, they stood back, and they watched what happened. At the end of the school year, they went ahead and tested those students again, the entire school. And what they discovered, to no surprise, was that the regular students stayed regular students. There was no change in IQ, there was no change in performance. But the students, even those with a low IQ at the beginning of the year, ended up having a higher IQ and they performed much better in school. And what the researchers decided was happening is that the students met the expectations of their teachers. Furthermore, they concluded that when teachers believed in their students, that belief rubbed off on them as well. In other words, the students became what the teachers believed. The same is true spiritually. When we expand our expectations, we become what God believes we can become. Today, we need to expand our expectations and become what God believes us to become. We need to expect more and watch what God happens. Here's something else that I believe, is that when God doesn't meet your expectations, it's because he intends to exceed them. What if, what if when we think that we're expecting too much of God, we're actually expecting too little? I believe that God's saying, expect more of me. Expect me to do what's in my will for you. Expect me to bless you the way I've already pre-planned to bless you. Today, expand your expectation. Here's the second way to leverage expectation to activate the miracles of God. Number two, turn up the spiritual temperature in your life. Let me say it again. Turn up the spiritual temperature of your life. It may be cold out there, 
but it doesn't have to be cold in here. The same is true in our life. Just because it's cold spiritually out in the world doesn't mean we have to be spiritually cold on the inside. I believe that God's inviting us to turn up the heat spiritually in our life. And the only way that we can do that is when we are willing to be a spiritual thermostat, not a thermometer. You see, a thermostat sets the temperature, but a thermometer just senses the temperature. Spiritually, when we are spiritual thermostats, we set the temperature in every room and environment we step in, in our family, in our marriage, in our workplace, wherever we go. I believe God's inviting us to transition from thermometer spiritually to thermostats. I don't want us to settle for just sensing the spiritual fire of other people. God intends for us to experience his presence and his fire within us. And so today, I wanna share with you four ways to turn up the spiritual temperature in your life. Number one, join a life group or a ministry team. Join a life group or a ministry team. Why? Because connected people thrive and disconnected people barely survive. When we do life alone, our faith has a tendency to get cold because the challenges of life come and they discourage us. But when we do life together, what you'll discover is that your faith will stay white hot. It will burn because when you're around other believers, they're constantly inviting you to get closer to the presence of God, to stand right next to the Holy Spirit and allow him to ignite a fire in your life. There's something amazing about doing life with other believers. It's the reason why we're constantly encouraging each one of you to just take a chance, make some new friends. Don't just come and sit and leave, but find ways to connect with the people around you. You spend days and weeks and months with unbelievers in your workplace. Find friends that you can text in the middle of the day and say, I'm really discouraged. And they can say, trust God, he's gonna help you. You can have someone that you can call at three in the morning when you discover that your family member just got a diagnosis of cancer and you can't sleep. You have someone to reach out to. Get connected to other believers. Also, just wanna share with you in just a couple of weeks, we're gonna be stepping into a new service schedule. All of us are gonna change and adjust our schedule to make room for more people. But also there's gonna be more opportunities for us to extend the love of God to people. It's one of the reasons why we invite you to be a part of a ministry team on the weekend. It's not to make our job easier, it's so that God can bless you. There's something powerful when we become a conduit of God's love to other people. Because what you'll discover is that when you allow God to flow through you, he not only blesses the person that's right in front of you, but he leaves a blessing for you. And what you'll discover is that what you give out is less than what God gives to you. He never leaves you in a place of lack. He always gives you more than what you give out. So I wanna invite you to join one of our ministry teams on, on the weekend. I wanna invite you to attend our Love People class it happens the second and the fourth Sunday of the month. And I know spiritually that many of you have been thinking about that. 
Today is the day. This is the moment to say yes. I'm gonna step in. I'm gonna turn up the spiritual temperature in my life. Number two, I wanna challenge our families to attend church every weekend through Easter. Why? Because it takes time to reset a faith habit. I wanna encourage you, just give God 90 days. Just give God 90 days and watch what happens. Many of the challenges that you're facing in your marriage, in your family, in your business will be transformed and solved in the presence of God. The problems that you have been unable to solve, God can solve them. But we need to prioritize being in his presence personally, but also being in his presence corporately. And by coming to church, we're saying, God, you're in charge. You're a priority in my life and in my family. We're also demonstrating to our kids and students that faith and being a part of a faith community is a priority. Turn up the spiritual heat. Number three, I want to challenge our parents to pray every day with your children. Pray with your children every day. For the next seven days, I want you to pray with and for your children. Because the truth is your children and your students are facing challenges some have not, they haven't been willing to tell you about. There's some challenges your kids and your students are facing that, that they haven't told you. Whether it's a difficulty with a classmate or a teacher or someone's bullying them or they feel discouraged or they feel like there's no breakthrough in their life. Pray that God would protect them. Pray, that, pray God's blessings over them. Pray that God would reach them right where they're at. Pray that, that they would call on the name of Jesus right before a test or an assignment. Pray that God would answer their prayers so that their faith grows. Let them experience the heart of God through you as you pray for them. And now, number four, I want to speak to the men of this house for just a moment. As your pastor, I want to start by saying that I believe in you and I'm proud of you. I'm proud of how you sit in church and bring your family to church and how you're committed to God. I'm proud of how you go to work to pay the bills and to take care of your family. I, I'm proud of how you, you honor your marriage and you are invested in your kids. I'm proud of you and God's proud of you and your family is proud of you as well. But today I wanna challenge you to take a step of faith and to step out and lead spiritually from the front. Step out and lead spiritually from the front because God created you to lead spiritually. You were created by God to lead in every area of your life. I've discovered that a faith-filled man is a dangerous man. You're dangerous to the enemy you're dangerous to those who come against your family. You're dangerous because you have the power of God living in you. I want to challenge you to lead spiritually from the front. Now, I know some of you may be saying, but pastor, I didn't grow up in a faith family. I don't know how to lead spiritually. It's all right. All we have to do is say, Jesus, I'm willing to follow you. Because when we follow Jesus well, he teaches us how to lead well spiritually. And so I want to share with you three action steps to lead spiritually from the front. Number one, I want to invite every man in this church to come to our men's vision breakfast. Get on the ground floor of what I believe God will do. In this breakfast meeting, what I'm going to do is I'm going to share with you the vision God has for this church for, and especially for the men. And we want to set you up to ACE life. A-C-E. 
We want to activate you spiritually, relationally, in every area of your life. We want to connect you with other men. There's something powerful about standing shoulder to shoulder with other men. And E, we want to equip you to lead spiritually. So I want to invite you to come and hear what God wants to do in this house and what he wants to do in your life as well. Now this event is free, but we invite you to register so that we can plan accordingly and make sure that you have enough tacos because I know you love tacos. And dads, I want to invite you to bring your sons. Number two, I want to invite the men of this church to come to men's night. Every spring, every spring we gather together, hundreds of men gather in this auditorium to seek the heart of God and to get equipped spiritually. And on March the 1st, we'll have a guest speaker. His name is Pastor Doug Clay. He serves as the general superintendent of the Assemblies of God. He's the most senior leader in a fellowship of churches called the Assemblies of God that we're part of. Under his leadership, there are 13,000 churches and 3 million believers who are part of the Assemblies of God, and he's going to be with us. And I believe he's going to speak a word of life and truth and future into our hearts. And I want you to come expectant. In fact, I, I want you to invite other men to come with you. And dads, I want you to bring your sons. And grandpas, I want you to bring your grandsons. I want us to pursue God in a powerful way. And today, as I close, I want to invite you to stand. And I have one more challenge for the men of this house. Men, today, I want to challenge you to become the spiritual blacksmith of your home. In Isaiah 54, at the end of the chapter, there are two verses that I want to highlight for each one of us today. This is the word of God to you from verse 16. See, it is I who created the blacksmith, who fans the coals into flame and forges a weapon fit for its work. Here's what I believe. Each one of you men is a spiritual blacksmith. God has created you to fan the flame of faith in your life, in your marriage, in your family, in your workplace. And dads, I believe that you are created to forge your children into weapons that God can use to advance the kingdom of God. And if we're willing to allow God to fan the flame of faith in our life, what we'll discover what we'll discover is verse 17 becomes a possibility. We don't get verse 17 unless we believe in verse 16. It says this, no weapon forged against you will prevail and you will refute every tongue that accuses you. Here's what I believe. When you allow the fire of God to be in your heart, the enemy can't come against you and your family. Every weapon he's forged against your family will be stopped in the name of Jesus. And everything that the enemy accuses you about ends up falling by the wayside. And so here's my challenge to the men. This is our moment to lead from the front. I'm gonna invite every man to come up to the front and to say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let's lead from the front. Let's lead from the front. Let's allow God to be the one to pull us in the future he has for us. And here's what I believe, men. I believe that as we say yes to Jesus, we're gonna see breakthrough in our family. And so here's what I wanna invite as the men come. Each one of you who's in our audience, who's part of our family, I want to invite you to extend your hands. These men need us to pray for them. God, I pray right now for these men that you'd move powerfully in their life. 
Let them become the spiritual blacksmith that you've created them to be. Fan the flame of faith in their heart. And Lord, may they be committed to forging weapons that the enemy cannot destroy. Empower them through your spirit. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. Let's worship the king together.